TwoQuestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Hi, and welcome to TwoQuestions.tv. I'm your host, Susan Barancini Mo. I'm here with an old friend of mine, Chris Reimer. He is someone who did not send me a bio, but (laughs) he said, can you read my Twitter bio? So I will. Author of The Business Parable, Happy Work. This book, ladies and gentlemen. He's a humanist, higher ed communicator, former CPA, current wine drinker. I'm not sure those are mutually exclusive. And I mean, not co- current, current. <laughs> I'm drinking water okay, right now. Okay, fair enough. It's work day. Yeah. Coffee, 24-7, <laughs> 365, secret project in progress. But that's not one of my questions. Arr, what will I do? So, Chris, thank you for being on the show, first of all. It's been a minute since I saw you. It's, it's my pleasure to be here today. We'll make it three questions then. Well, that'll be our bonus question then, okay? <laughs> Lightning uh, round. Or I will say it as a statement. Chris, secret project in progress. That sure sounds interesting. So then you're not violating the key tenets of <laughs> yeah. your show. I love that. It's great. <clears throat> Chris, secret project in progress. That sure sounds interesting. You know, it sounds interesting to me too. Let's get the show started. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's secret. Oh, I just get it. It's a secret. Okay. <laughs> so I am working on a secret project um, right now that really nobody knows about. So this, even mentioning it here, besides my family. So right now, this is the world premiere of the fact that, uh, besides my Twitter bio. Yeah, I was going to say. Am, like, that I am like working on a, <laughs> That I am working on a secret personal project. And it is not a second book. Okay. It's just not a second book. I can't write a second book right now. It's too much pain. You, <laughs> you know how it is. I feel I you. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. And when I wrote when I wrote Happy Work, which I'm assuming we might chat about it a little bit. This I, book? I was I, oh look at that. I love it. I was obsessed. Like I was I was in the zone. And yeah. For six solid months I wrote whenever I could. And it it was from start to finish. It felt great. You know, I felt great. I was just in a groove. I I didn't, I didn't dread doing it. There are things in life that we, we, we try to do on a regular basis, maybe like go and work out that we often dread while we're doing it. Sometimes we skip that workout. I didn't skip writing. Like I was into it deeply and I believed in it. I believe in the book. I'm very proud of how it turned out. I love the fact that it's helped some people. I always wish it could have sold more, but that's just the way the ball bounces. We all wish that though. We all no, ask every, that. Yeah. Every, everyone <laughs> wants more. And it wasn't like the crazy smash hit or whatever, but it's like, and I know this has happened to you probably when, when you get any message from someone that says, I've read your book and it really made me think, or it yeah. shook something loose. It shook something loose in me and I decided to make a change. Yeah. It's like, just knowing you helped anybody is really a funky feeling. I love it. It's a big deal. It feels really good. Those emails are, are so meaningful. Reviews are meaningful. People review the books you buy on Amazon. Come on. <laughs> I do All love. Right. So, so since we're talking about the book, this book, and you'll note my shirt kind of matches the cover today. I did that for you. Yeah. It's good. It's um, happy work blue. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so, okay. Your book, this book, Happy Work. It's a, it's a super relatable, very readable parable about making happy, productive employees in general and, and, it, and how it translates into a more successful business overall. Do you think that companies are listening to that message today and 
if you knew the business or business owners were listening right now, like watching this show, um, like if they're watching this interview right now, what's the big message that you would want them to hear and understand about happy work? So is that, that's like two questions. No, that's a compound no? question. That's okay, a compound, compound question. question. I only get two, so I got to make them complicated. What was the first question again? I remember the business owners. Do you, I don't do, do good with that, multi-part questions. Do you, do you think companies are listening to the oh. message of happy work? And if you know business owners are, are watching this show right now, what's the big message that you want them to really hear and understand? I think many of them are listening. I think that, I hate to say this, I feel like it's almost trendy now to, yeah. to try to curate a business where people will feel as though they are working in an organization with work-life balance. Um, there is another type of work-life situation that I think a lot of us are dealing with now, and it's not work-life balance. It's what Gen Z calls work-life blend, which yes. is actually admitting to ourselves that it's okay to enjoy our jobs and to have them the lines between our jobs and our personal lives like really blurred. And I actually don't mind that. So if, like if I'm on vacation and I answer a few emails, there are people who would think that is a damn shame. I don't feel that way. I, I wanna get the emails answered because I like my job. It's part yeah. of my life. So if you think about our work life, if you think about our lives, family, friends, work, and personal pursuits, four buckets of time, that we can spend, I guess the fifth bucket sleep, whatever. <laughs> but for, for waking hours, I think work-life balance, what, are we saying that each is supposed to be exactly 25%? No, we're not saying that. We're saying that find a place to work that allows you time when you need it to go deal with your child who's sick at school, to respect the fact that, hey, I'm gonna start answering emails at 5 a.m., and I might answer a few at seven. And during the middle of the day, I've got somewhere to be. Or just, so for me, I feel like that businesses are listening to the idea that happy, productive, and happy employees are productive. People who do their jobs in a way that makes them feel fulfilled, that it fulfills their human needs, you know, that you can feel safe at your job, that you are provided a variety of things to do at your job that there are ways for you to conduct yourself at work that allow you to feel a sense of significance, that you can feel a connection to your fellow employees, that you can grow. And that kind of goes with variety a little bit. The more variety you give them, maybe you're able to grow. And then honestly, in the end of the day, most people that are happy at their jobs are making a solid contribution and they know it and everyone else knows it. Mm -hmm. Those are basically what Tony Robbins is List is his six human needs. Right. If you can get the vast majority of those fulfilled at work, you're doing great and so is the company. So I think a lot of companies are listening to this and they're trying their damnedest to have a culture that allows this stuff to happen naturally. Um, as far as business owners, what was your question about business owners again? <laughs> it, you mean the second part of the question? Yes, that yes, please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, just what's the big message you want them to hear and understand? Oh, that is something too. So when I wrote the book, I purposely did not take sides. Yeah. In, in, in marketing, one of the greatest things that you can do in order to gain a tribe is to polarize. So don't try to be all things to all people. 
if it's okay to have like a, a rabid fan base of people who believe in what you believe, mm -hmm. but then to have a group of people who simply don't get it, that's okay that you are not in business to please them. I purposely did not take sides in my book. So when I wrote the happy work agreement, which is uh, 46 kind of key tenants that mm -hmm. uh, employees are making um, pledges to their employers, employers are making pledges back to their employees, and then they're jointly making uh, some declarations about what it means to work together well. And in the book, there it's a totally screwed up company that needed yeah. to have a few rules put on paper. It's the um, worst company ever. <laughs> so, so it was the worst company ever. Um, and so that agreement was written for Venori Incorporated, the, the somewhat fictitious uh, company that's in my book. You know, I've come to a realization after it's been two and a half years since the book came out. It's been mm -hmm. three and a half years since I finished writing it. It, it's not even, uh, it's not 50-50 as far as like, let's say we have a company that's, that's struggling. It, it's more on the owners. It is more on the owners. It's more on management. I think if I had to write the book again, I might change it a little bit. And I might have it be a little bit more angled toward, you know, that company ownership, company management, they are the ones that set the culture. Yeah. And if you think about it, which is a more untenable situation? You know, a company where, ownership is totally screwed up, but all the employees are trying their hardest and yeah. really doing well. Or a place where the co company ownership is setting the right culture and you've got a bunch of workers who aren't quite cutting it. I mean, for me, it's really on the business owners to strike the right tone Yeah. to, you know, kind of what Simon Sinek says in his second book, you know, leaders eat last, you know, yeah. to set a great example for your people. Uh, like they do in the Marines, so that you can have people who are going to jump on board and will run through brick walls for you. So I think that for business owners, I would speak to them in a little different tone than I did a few years ago. And I would say, <laughs> I would say, and I, I, I will still go back to employees and say, look, you have to show up on time. You need to give us your best. You know, when you give two weeks notice, don't just, you know, slough off for two weeks. Don't burn right. bridges. Don't storm out of meetings. Just all the little silly. Don't burn popcorn in the microwave. All the silly <laughs> stuff that we do that we do at work um, that can can make work a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. But I would lean on business owners and say this is a little bit more on you. You're gonna have to take kind of a leadership role here. Yeah. Well, so you're someone who has been both an entrepreneur and employee, and you're one of my friends who seems to enjoy both for different reasons, at least from what I've seen. So is, do you like one better than the other? What do you like about each of those? Do you feel like you've found a happy blend? What's the deal with that? Yeah, this is an amazing question because <laughs> here's what, here's what's going on with me. So, um, my, so I tell this, well, I don't tell this story in the book, but I tell it when I give speeches. My grandfather started a company in 1949. He started a, a company that manufactured windows and doors. So, and that company was in business for about 55 years. I, and before they sold, I ended up working at that company. I was the CFO of that company back in my old accounting days. Oh yeah. 
during like 1998 to around 2000 or 2001, I actually took the company through Y2K conversion. It was totally crazy. Mm -hmm. So, but during, but during the 1970s, when I was growing up, my grandma was babysitting every once in a while and she would take me, you know, to the business. And I would see with very wide eyes, you know, my grandfather commanding this amazing army of people and people milling about and windows getting made. And, you know, then when I was a CFO, I saw from a completely different angle as I worked for my two uncles. So I had been exposed to entrepreneurship from a very early age. I, we are, our house backed up to a golf course. At one time when I was a kid, it was actually a private golf course. And then it turned public. I used to run around with my brothers five years younger than me. We'd go out on the course and we'd go into the woods and we'd look for golf balls that golfers had lost. <laughs> and then we would take them home, clean them up, and we would resell them. Our yeah, house, yeah. our house, our backyard backed up to the 16th tee of the golf course. So, and it was a par three. So as people were like playing, golfers were sitting there waiting. And they'd see these kids with this little fold-out card table sitting there. And we charged good prices for the golf balls. And so we made money. Like we made yeah. some cash. <laughs> and then the like the golf course workers would come by and try to shut us down, but they were, didn't really have a case. But we were but we were kids, so we would listen to them. So that was my first taste of entrepreneurship. That and I was always a babysitter, so I did a lot of babysitting yeah. when I was a kid. And there was this one family, my God, they liked to go out because I was babysitting for them like every Saturday night. But I was making money, you know. And then I became I I decided to go to school and learn accounting. It seemed like the best base of knowledge that I. I could have for business. Mm -hmm. And so I got my accounting degree. I became a CPA. I eventually worked for the family business. I thought that I thought I might end up being an owner of it someday. It just didn't turn out that way. And that's totally okay. But my taste, my first taste of like what I would call real entrepreneurship was when I started my t-shirt company back in, I guess that was 2007. So I had a funny t-shirt company called Rizzo Tees. I was going to wear my Rizzo Tees, but I don't know where it is in my closet. I couldn't find it. That's quite okay. I'm sure you're using it like as an oil rag in the garage no, or no. something. No, I understand. It's an actual shirt I wear. Well, so no, I do appreciate that. So, you know, so I started this business in 2007. It went live in 2008. I was shipping t-shirts of my own design to places all over the world. It was really a, I mean, it was a hobby entrepreneurship situation. Mm -hmm. it, I, it, I never paid all of the bills with it. I never quit my job. I had dreamed of quitting my job. I mm -hmm. dreamed of leaving that accounting job. It was that last accounting job that I had when I was the CFO of a nonprofit here in St. Louis. Like one year in, I started the company, totally secret company. I had no idea I was doing it. Uh, working on it in the evenings, working out of my basement, always staying up till two in the morning, three in the morning. Um, I, I, I was in a zone there, just like I was in the zone when I was writing that book, when I was writing happy mm -hmm. work. And if you're not in the zone, then that's a pretty good sign that it might not be the right thing for you, or you might just be like a scatterbrain type person or whatever. <laughs> but in that case, I was in the zone. Even my wife took notes. She's like, wow, you're really into this, which mm -hmm. told me that she had watched all my other you know, crazy ideas not happen. <laughs> so, but when she saw that, she was like, oh, this might be the real thing. But it never became a real business. I never grew it big enough. One thing that did happen is my attention was pulled in another direction. When I started using social media, I started really enjoying yeah. talking with people, getting to know people, meeting some of those people in person for the first time. And that's how I developed my, my marketing and 
communication career was by using social media so much and studying it and learning from my mentors, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk and David Meerman Scott. David Meerman Scott's uh, uh, book was the first marketing book that I read. Yeah. Uh, which is now it's like sixth or seventh edition. Oh, first, yeah. first one that I read. Um, and, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, The Thank You Economy, I've read that three times. It's his least selling book, according to him, but it is mm -hmm. his best. It's his best. It's one of the best business books I've ever read. Yeah. The Go-Giver Go was really huge for me um, by Bob Berg, of course. And so I read these books and I just educated myself, changed careers. And then eventually by 2014, like the entrepreneur side of things just wasn't even happening anymore. Yeah. But then something else happened. Um, I really started succeeding in the world of social media consulting, marketing consulting, communication consulting. And I, I some of my work won awards. I won, uh, it, there were like 200 pieces of work submitted to a local like marketing award show and our work, which I spearheaded, came in first out of 200. What? It was crazy. Like I just had never... Like just winning stuff like that, I'm like, this is really serious, you know. Yeah. You could literally put award-winning communication consultant, you know. Yeah. After it's it was real. It felt so great. Um, I started really enjoying that, and then I started thinking to myself, well, the Rizzo Tees thing was just over. I just didn't want to make T-shirts anymore. And then at that time, I left. I went and I had a job at a wonderful local ad agency. I was there for almost four years. And I kind of enjoyed my free time. Now, this is the key. This is the key. For me, I saw a lot of my friends. You're one of them. Bob's probably another one. Peter Shankman's one, who's mm -hmm. just like proudly an entrepreneur. You know, he even put a t-shirt out. It was like, what was it? Oh, I can't even remember. He did this entrepreneurial t-shirt and I bought it as a favor. But I I didn't feel like an entrepreneur, so I actually just like uh, gave the shirt to the Goodwill because I didn't really feel like wearing it because I didn't I'm feel like Peter, it. I'm telling Peter you sent his t-shirt to Goodwill. <laughs> he, went, he, he wanted the money and he got the money, so he's all yeah, good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but, he, but, here, but here's the thing, I didn't feel like an entrepreneur um, and I didn't want to be one. Right before we went on the air, I talked to you about how like I never wanted to do happy work consulting. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go try to sell that. I did not want to be an entrepreneur. and. I have some pretty serious specific reasons. A lot of the entrepreneurs I've met, I don't really like them as people. I don't think that I want to become one of them where like I have this singular focus in life. Mm. I, I, I see a lot of them like stepping on any neck it'll take to get there. I didn't want to ever become that. Oh I know I'm a, I know that I'm grossly overgeneralizing, but yeah, that's how I'm not like that. You are not like that, but that's <laughs> but that's not like that. <laughs> he is not like that. But that's kind of how I saw the world, and that's how the, yeah. those are some of the entrepreneurs that I saw. And I won't name names. Yeah. There are people who are in the same industry as we us. We know. We know. <laughs> I am not. A, I'm not a fan. I don't like seeing their videos on YouTube pre-roll. Yeah. Like I throw up in my mouth every time I see them. Yeah. I'm not a fan, and I think there's a better way to do it. Uh, I think that I'm hoping that I can, in my next entrepreneurial venture, which is going to happen, believe it or not, that's the secret project that we'll the discuss secret. maybe, <laughs> is that I don't, I want to do it with like happy work principles. I don't want to become one of those people. I don't want to yeah. step on my mom's neck in order to get there. And I think there's a way to do it, but it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous that I might have to 
I don't know how to say this, like be tougher than I am, you know, that might, that might, and so that intimidates me a little bit. So I think that what I've enjoyed about being an employee, well, first of all, where I'm at now, I work at Maryville University in St. Louis. This is a wonderful place to be. I've been here two and a half years. You've loved it. You're on social well, media talking about how much you love it. I mean, I, I love it. Yeah. It's a great place to be. We're doing great work. I love being able to mentor our students. Any chance yeah. I get, I'll mentor our students, especially the comp students when they're out looking for jobs. I can hook them up with opportunities in St. Louis. I love teaching. So that's a, an amazing thing that I sometimes get to do, act as a mentor here. That, they don't let me in the classroom too much because I, <laughs> I don't have a master's degree. I can't yeah. become like a true professor, but I could adjunct and things like that. But mm -hmm. I really enjoy this environment and, and it's good benefits. It's great benefits. And it allows me, now I do have to work this weekend because it's uh. alumni week. It's alumni weekend coming up, but oh. I, it, the thing is, I get a chance to like unplug my brain. That's another thing I was always worried about as an entrepreneur. I see entrepreneurs saying, oh, like when you have your own business, you can go to the gym at 10 in the morning. Everyone else is at their, in their cubicle and you can just do whatever you want. You can curate your own existence. And I, I like the sound of that, but what yeah. I felt like my brain was best suited for was being able to literally unplug and not worry. I felt yeah. like, this is what I felt like. I felt like that I would worry more 24 seven about my own business than I would worry about this place. And mm -hmm. this place should not take offense. I, I do work here and I put everything I have into it and I care about it. But I just felt like mentally, once it was all on the line with a real business, yeah. I felt like maybe I would never be able to unplug and it worried me. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, it is a thing, right? I mean, you, when you run your own business, you know, the buck stops with you. And it, if you don't, you know, like, like if when I, you know, you were talking earlier about not minding sending emails when you're on vacation, I, whenever we go on vacation, I take one day out of each week that we're gone. And I meet with all my clients on that day hmm. because it's just, if I don't work, I don't get paid. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I also think, you know, my commitment to my clients means that, you know, we have, you know, continuity and I don't want to have to figure out later, okay, where do we make up that week? And, you know, ugh. so it's easier for everyone. If I just go, you know, I don't mind working that one day out of the week. And, you know, I, I miss my clients when I don't talk to them. So, yeah, yeah. But, but you do worry. I mean, you know, I don't remember ever when I, you know, many, you know, it's been, it's been a while, but when I, when I did have a job, I don't remember ever wondering or worrying about the, you know, I mean, I had a job. I wasn't going to be hungry. As long as I did my job and showed up and did the stuff I was supposed to do, I had my health insurance, I had my mm -hmm. benefits, I had my vacation, and that, at, at that company, I had fresh fruit every day and so, <laughs> that I didn't have to shop for. That was our benefit. So <laughs> That sounds good. I can tell you one yeah. thing is that, and one thing is somewhat of a mitigating circumstance for me mm -hmm. to, to where... A normal person might say, I am going for entrepreneurship because I want to be able to write my own ticket. I don't want to be, I don't want to rely on anyone else. Yeah. I am really good at getting jobs. So I, that's the thing. A lot of people, you hear someone like they're looking for a job. They've been out of work for six months, 12 months. 
I, I don't struggle with that ever. Wow. That hasn't happened yet. Now, I work in an industry that where eventually I might suffer from ageism, you know? Yeah. So, like, but, but I don't think that's so. I'm going to break that mold. If I, if I happen to stay here, which I feel like I will, I'm going to break that mold. I'm yeah. not concerned. I'm really not concerned about it. But that's the one thing that makes it easier for me to say, job's cool. I know I can manage this until whatever time I want to retire is because I am really good at getting jobs. Like yeah. I have, I never struggle. Um, That's amazing. There, there's nervousness obviously, but you just rely on all your friends, great resume, great LinkedIn, great storytelling in person, call on favors when you need them. And, you know, so help people along the way so that yeah, yeah. when you need a favor, sometimes you'll get it. So, Here's the thing. Let's talk about Secret Project. Oh, okay. Um, yes, let's talk about Secret Project. Su super briefly. Here's something that's super interesting to me. Like, for so long, I mean, up until four months ago, I would never have thought it was time to start a business. Okay? <laughs> but then, like, something really interesting clicked. One, I found a topic that's super interesting to me. The minute I got interested in this, I got super uninterested in writing my second book, which ah! was going to be which was going to be a book on social media. I was having serious mental struggles about Does writing. Does Dave this book. know this? <laughs> he didn't know. No, he has no idea. Oh no! So, no, the publisher has no idea because I didn't even approach them. About oh, okay. It. Like I'm just, I was just writing because I wanted to write, and yeah. I was going to say, "Hey, do you guys want this book or not?" If they didn't want it, I would self-publish or go sure. find a different publisher or whatever. And but, for those um, who don't know, um, Chris, who wrote this book, Chris and I share a publisher. So go on, Chris. Yeah. And, you know, they were so good to me. Yeah. Um, you hear a lot of publisher horror stories and there's just nothing of the sort with, with Sound Wisdom. So no, I, will plug the, I will plug them and say they're, oh, yeah. really, good, they're really good people. Um, but no, like I was having serious mental struggles with writing this book. And it's about social media, which I know well. And yeah. I, I might be a little cynical about social media in a way that, you know, you have developed a, a healthy uh, skepticism and cynicism about marketing. I might be the same way, even though I, I am still doing it for a living. Yeah. But a few months ago, I stumbled upon something that was so interesting to me. And then I thought, okay, I think I could get this. And I think I could get this sold. I think I could do this, um, this new business. And it, I can curate it in a way where it never gets in the way of my day job. And then I thought to myself, okay, this is actually the perfect time to do something like this. During a time of relative, like actually extreme comfort in my work life, like things yeah. are going well here. I'm well-respected here. It's such a break from the last job I had mm. where I lasted 11 months and it was like just an awful experience. Not a good, <laughs> no, it wasn't not a good place to yeah. work. Not a fan. All my same ideas I'm doing here and they're all working and people realize it. I mean, I mean, I met with good results at the last job I and mean, I have the numbers to prove it. Yeah. Whatever. Just goofy. <laughs> Just goofy. But so, so you're, you're making this idea sound really exciting, but it's still going to be a secret at the end of this interview, isn't it? It will, but well, that just means you'll have to have me back. Oh, you what know, a shock. <laughs> especially when I learn, especially when I learn more about what I'm doing, frankly, with entrepreneurism and specifically the product that I'm going to yeah. have developed and that I'm going to sell. Like I've got so much to learn. That's actually one of the reasons I'm doing it too, is that I'm just excited to learn about this topic. And so for me, 
I realized that during this time when everything's going great, yeah, it is actually the time to find a way to grow in some way. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean this, that sounds so like cheesy and those words could come out of any person's mouth. I want to repeat true, though. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to repeat it though. So like another great time to start a business is when you're like desperate. Okay. The, truthfully, yeah. like why not go sure. at that time? So you hear, I hear tons of stories of people who like, they started their consulting when they got laid off. Like it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to go do something I never would have done. Yeah. Instead here, nothing is forcing me to do it. I just want to do it because I love the topic. But two, I am speaking to myself and saying, now is a great time when you're not worried about your job. And I still have so much I want to accomplish here. Like I am not done. And I might be here until retirement. Time to, I don't, but, but you want to stretch a little too. I mean, when but I can stretch, but I know. can stretch here. I yeah. can stretch here. There's so, and they let you stretch here. They let me do crazy things here. No one tells me, how to, <laughs> no one, no one tells me how to do my job. I have some like alternative viewpoints on how to do social media. And I let that personality show through on mm-hmm. our corporate official social media and people tend to love it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've noticed. So I'm going for it here. I'm letting it all hang loose and it seems to be going really well. I mean, I, bu- I bum heads with certain people who are like a little sure. bit more traditional. It doesn't matter. Like we're still friends and I still do. I still do the thing that makes them uncomfortable anyway. But for me, this is the great time to try something. But you have to remind yourself because when you're comfortable, that's like when, that's when you don't stretch typically. That's right. when you like, it's easy to go home at five and sit on the couch and watch all the shows, the awful shows that you've DVR'd. Like I'm trying not to do that. So I am purposely trying to find different ways to grow. I think some of that growth could positively affect me here at Maryville at my job. That would be amazing. Well, I so won't, I won't know till I try, you know? So. Well, so when you, you'll let me know when you're ready to come back, right? Oh, I mean, goodness, yes. And you've done a great job of teasing it, by the way. Like now I'm well, in suspense. Here's the thing. I'm not teasing it on purpose, really. It's just that, um, th- so you're familiar with the term side hustle, right? I mean, this is, becoming, yeah. this is becoming incredibly popular. Yeah. I think Chris Gillibo is coming out with a book called Side Hustle or something like that. I'm super curious to read it. Sure. So this is a side hustle. I, d- I am having some discussions within my brain <laughs> about whether I should let my place of work know that I'm doing this. Oh. And here, and here's one reason. One reason is, is that I know myself and that I will be creating content about this. Yeah. So I have tons of people that I work with who follow me on social media. I'm Facebook yeah, yeah. friends. I'm LinkedIn friends. We've I'm mentioned Twitter, it now here. I'm Twitter friends. <laughs> I've met, I know I mentioned it. They'll see. So my general thought is to like, go and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing all my free time. And the reason I would want is I know I still don't want anyone to ever question that loyalty you mentioned earlier. Right. right. Like that. I feel, I don't feel a loyalty to this place per se, because I am getting older and perhaps a little more cynical, but I really <laughs> like it here and I'll stay as yeah. long as they'll have me. And so I am considering going and saying, Hey, here's the deal. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't done that yet. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing how it went next time you're here. Love it. And thank you for being on the show. This is really interesting stuff. And I am excited to find out what this secret is.
It's I was so be, hopeful. Oh, you know, it, I'm still working on it. I still have so much to do, but I'm probably several months from being able to debut the product. And so, but yeah, it's just one of those things like, it's like, you just have this excitement inside of it. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and I did not have that for book number two, which Ooh. made me, which told me I put it aside. I had, right to put it as, I had to put it aside. You have to know when to let something go. So be sure to let me know when you're ready because I want to have you come back and talk about it. Thank you for you being bet. on the show, Chris. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. If you like this episode and you found it useful and informative, give us a thumbs up and please subscribe for great interviews and behind the scenes footage. And thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.